Hey there, welcome to the She Connects podcast. I'm thrilled that you are here. My name is Susan Vandenhuvel, and I have the honor of being your host each and every week. She Connects is an extension of my ministry, She Rises, and allows me to connect with women in the online space. I wholeheartedly believe that we as women enjoy connecting with one another to share hearts, disappointments, dreams, any challenges that we're facing, and really to just do life together. The heartbeat behind this podcast is to help empower and equip you to step into all that God has for you to do in this world. I'll be sharing whatever God has placed on my heart for the week, and from time to time, I invite guests on the show that I personally have gleaned and been inspired from people that I admire and I just maybe want to learn a little bit more from and that I believe you will appreciate listening to. So welcome. I cannot wait to connect with you today. Hey everyone, welcome back to the She Connects podcast. I'm excited that you're here. My name is Susan Vandenhuvel and I'm honored to be your host again this week. This week's episode, I want to talk to you a little bit about overcoming rejection. You know, <laughs> we have, we've all most likely, I, I'm just going to, you know, go out on a limb here <laughs> and say all of us have experienced the pain of rejection. You know, it's just a part of life. It's a part of living in the world. The world is full of imperfect people like me, like like you, like everybody on the face of the planet. No one is perfect. And, uh, you know, from time to time, we experience the pain of rejection. And uh, I, I just really am believing that this week's episode is going to be encouraging for you to be able to begin taking steps toward just overcoming the pain of rejection. There's a lot of just really practical type things that I want to give to you this week. And then also, you know, taking a look at the Bible, right? I mean, if you know me well enough, you've been around here long enough, you know that uh, I'm just very committed to pointing people to Jesus. Everything that I write and say, you know, the things that I uh, coach people in, mentor people in, I, I'm just really, really committed to making sure that there's a biblical basis to <laughs> what I'm offering to people. So uh, I, I really want to be able to look at the Bible and see how Jesus, you know, overcame the pain of rejection. He modeled this really well for us. You know, he's the greatest leader that we could ever look up to and glean from for our lives. And he experienced rejection. I mean, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, he experienced rejection in his earthly ministry. And so we're going to take a look at that today. If you're not familiar, last fall I released my, my third book. I'm a three-time author. And just a little side note, I recently published a 30-day devotional on your your identity in Christ. So it's 30 days of you know specific pieces of who you are in Christ, your identity. And of course, those 30 days, you know, it's not an exhaustive list. There's, you know, more, but those were the ones that were on my heart. So you can get that on Amazon. It's, it's just like $5.99, really cheap. So anyway, but last fall, I um, published my third book. It's called Her Heart is Free, and the subtitle is Rising Healed and Whole. Uh, I have really received a lot of great feedback from women that have, you know, just really been able to begin taking steps in rising healed, rising whole, because, you know, just the narrative in their mind and, you know, is changing um, as they apply truth and biblical principles, you know, the truth of who God says that they are and, and just really beginning to, you know, filter things through through the lens of heaven, through the lens of faith and, and not, you know, the wounds of our past because, you know, if we continue to do that, it just really kind of holds us back. But I've just been so honored by 
you know, just all of the feedback that I've been getting from women and how God has used those words on, you know, sheets of paper in each chapter to begin that healing process and just seeing women, you know, become healed and whole and rise in freedom. Um, You know, Galatians chapter five, verse one tells us that it is for freedom that Christ came to set us free. And a chapter that I devoted to in the book is specifically targeting the pain of rejection. And I actually started an online e-course. Oh gosh, it was last fall after the annual She Rises Women's Conference last September, where I took women through this book. I I wrote a study guide and it accompanied the book and we walked through it over a span of 10 weeks, currently in um, and just about finished with the second group of women um, because each, each group I limited the capacity to just 20 women intentionally because I wanted it to be just a small atmosphere where we could connect and ask questions and, you know, just have really great discussion. And so last Sunday, I taught on overcoming the pain of rejection. So it's just really been fresh in my mind. I've been really thinking about it this week and felt like, I think that I'm going to do an episode on overcoming the pain of rejection. So here we go. (laughs) Buckle in. (laughs) It's going to be good, I promise. You know, rejection goes against our value as a person it just it goes against who we are in Christ you know the the value that we have as children of God it goes against that person who we are that individual that image bearer that creation of God the pain of rejection goes against that and you know here's the thing we carry it into every area of our lives especially into the relationships that we have other, with other people. You know, we can carry it into into our, our relationship with our spouse. If, if we're married, we can carry it into, you know, relationships that we have with our coworkers, our neighbors, um, you know, people that we attend church with, even our kids, our parents, our, you know, extended family. And, and it just shows up in all of these, you know, different types of relationships. And if we look closely, we may even see it show up in our relationship with God. And here's how it might show up in that relationship, the most important relationship that any of us could ever have in our lifetime. If we feel like we have been rejected, you know, as an individual, we've experienced the pain of rejection. Somehow we kind of, you know, have this, this thought in the back of our mind that, you know, all of these other people in my life have rejected me. And so I wonder if one day God will change his mind about me and, and reject me too. You know, it, it it can, not everybody experiences that in their relationship with him, but it is very possible. You know, it, it's kind of just looming in the back of, of, of our minds. You know, will God change his mind about us? Will he eventually decide that that I'm not valuable, that I'm not worthy, that I'm not capable of being loved. And he would just, you know, somehow withdraw his love and his affection from us and, and, you know, decide that he doesn't want to be in a relationship with us anymore. Will he decide that, uh, you know, instead of, you know, wanting and desiring an intimate relationship with us and bringing us close and and having us near to him will he one day decide i you know i'm kind of kind of exhausted with you i'm kind of worn out with you <laughs> and you know i just decide i you know um i'm going to move on to someone better and so i'm going to just keep you at arm's length so we kind of see how rejection can show up in a lot of areas of our lives specifically in our relationships we can even see it in the relationship that we have with ourselves and this is where self-sabotage comes in because sometimes it's our wounded heart telling us that we've been rejected so you know we don't reach out to begin new relationships with other people or even start something new again because we've experienced rejection in in some way shape or form sometimes what we 
perceive as rejection from another is really simply their boundaries in time management. But can we kind of connect the dots here that sometimes, you know, if if re, if rejection is what we're filtering our relationships and the the responses from other people, if we're filtering it through the wound of rejection, when someone says to us, you know, after maybe we've extended an invitation to them to maybe even just something simple as, hey, do you want to grab coffee with me? Or, you know, hey, can you help me with this project? And, you know, maybe they feel like they're just really in a in a really busy season and they just, you know, don't have time for coffee dates or, you know, they have they have their hand in a lot of other things and so they can't help with a particular project. We take that as they're rejecting us. Not that they, you know, just don't have the capacity right now, but we receive that, we filter it through the pain of rejection, and we internalize that as they don't like me. They don't want to be a part of my life. They don't want to hang out with me. They would rather be with someone else. See how that can kind of becomes a narrative in our minds when quite possibly some people it's just a boundary that they have you know maybe it's just kind of a temporary right now uh, no to your invitation but not a permanent no hey will you check back with me you know in a few weeks when you know life kind of settles down a little bit i would love to grab coffee with you but because of a lack of communication and filtering through the pain of rejection we begin to assume the worst in other people and let me just repeat what i said in the onset of of this week's episode we need to heal so that we don't filter things through our wounds right let me repeat that this is why it's really important for us to heal so that we don't filter things through the wounds of our past. Um, And as we're talking about this week, through the pain of rejection. You know, if we have just a a thought of God somehow rejecting us, you know, it's kind of looming in the back of our minds, we will filter his, maybe his answer to a prayer as being no or not opening a door to us or giving us an opportunity that we've been praying about and hoping would come our way. If we are living as rejected people, we can filter his answer to our prayers as if he is somehow rejecting us. You kind of see where we're going here? This This is really important that we heal from the wounds of our past so that we can live as healed and whole people. And to begin overcoming self-sabotage, can I encourage you to decide with God's help that your future is worth it and begin moving forward, making decisions, even if you have fear and doubts and questions, that you're not going to let self-sabotage and the pain of rejection keep you from, you know, moving forward in your life. Uh, We're going to get into that here in just a few minutes, but it's really important to know who's doing the leading in your life. If rejection is doing the leading here, that's a dead end road, my friend. And I speak that that with love and um, with empathy. I have walked many, many years uh, filtering things through the pain of rejection. I can really empathize with people that are in this particular situation. I get it. I get it. I am not throwing stones at anybody. I'm not chastising or condemning anybody. I I do get it. I get it. But I know that when we overcome and we begin to be healed from the wounds of our past and, you know, the pain of rejection, we begin to take steps forward and God has some really amazing things for you. He has a beautiful life for you. He has a great plan for your life. But if if we keep filtering things through rejection, it only will keep us immobilized and stuck in life. And friend, God did not create you to live stuck. God didn't create you to live stuck. He didn't create you to be immobilized by the pain of rejection and any other wounds that you might be carrying in your heart. He did not design you to live stuck. That's not freedom. 
That's not freedom. When you think about something being stuck, there's like a an immobilization, if you will. You know, there's there's not a whole lot of movement there. You know, if something is jammed into um, something in your home or in your car, you know, back in the day, I'm dating myself here, but back in the day in, in our cars, we had cassette players. Well, you know, sometimes sometimes the, the cassette would get jammed in there, and as many times as you hit, um, you know, the eject button, it just wouldn't come out, and so you kind of had to try to pry something in there and try to wiggle it out because it was stuck. There was no movement there. Well, in order for it to become unstuck, there needs to be movement, right? And so I, I just want to encourage you that if you're feeling stuck right now in life, can I just invite you to allow God to help you, you know, just begin to make some changes in your life in whatever area, whatever that is, invite him into whatever area of your life that you feel stuck in, because that is not God's heart for you. God is for you. And quite possibly, my friend, maybe for you, it's time to stop being against you. Let me say that again. God is for you. He's on your side. He's on your side. He wants the best for you. Jesus said in John 10, 10, I came to give you life and life in abundance and living stuck and filtering things through through the pain of rejection and the wounds of our past. That's not the life that he created for you to live. That's not the life that he came and gave his life for, for you to have. And so this self-sabotage shows up when we are against ourselves. Sometimes we are the we are the worst critic. It's that inner critic, that that inner voice on the inside of us that keeps us stuck and immobilized. And so maybe for you today, maybe for you today, it's beginning to apply and lend your faith to the truth of that God is for you. God is for you, and this is the time for you to stop being against you. Stop being against you. Stop being against you. Is there an area of your life that you're holding back in because you're afraid of rejection? If you always allow rejection to lead you, you cannot follow God's leading because your answer will always be no when God says go right? Your answer will always be no when God says go. And sometimes, here's the thing, sometimes it's like uh, somewhere inside of us, you know, somewhere inside of our, our hearts, are um, it's screaming, yes, I want that. I want to go forward. I want that. And and yet, you know, that, that inner critic, that filter through the pain of rejection kind of wins the day. And our answer is always no, because we fear rejection. As you think about your life, what would change if you began living from the truth that others may have rejected you, but God has always stood by you? Wow. I mean, that's incredible. God who created the heavens and the earth and holds everything together, who places the stars in the sky and calls them by name and tells them to stay and they stay and created the depths of the ocean and says they can only come this far and they obey and created the heights of the mountains. And I mean, everything that's good and beautiful and created you <laughs> stands by you. He stands by you. And even though, even though others may have rejected you, wow, you have the God of the universe standing beside you, standing beside you. What would change? What would change if you began living from that truth? That you know what? I have experienced the pain of rejection in my life. I haven't always had people approve of me and accept me and encourage me and support me. But you know what? God always has. God always has. Would you carry yourself differently? Would you step out to try something new? Would you reach out to another woman that maybe you want to be friends with or glean something from? What would change in your life? How would you approach your heavenly father through prayer and through worship? What would change in your in your other relationships? How what would change in the relationship that you have with your with yourself? Listen. Not everybody likes me. 
<laughs> not everybody believes in me. Not everybody supports the message I believe that I'm carrying in my heart. Not everybody um, stands up and, and, and applauds and supports the message of She Rises. Not everybody stands up and, and supports me being in ministry simply because I'm a female and females shouldn't be speaking and teaching and, and you know, being pastors and doing what I'm doing. But at some point, I had to decide, you know what, am I going to continue to live my life filtering it through their rejection of me? Or am I going to begin to live my life and make decisions and show up in my life filtering it through God's truth? for me, that he is the one that has called me, that he is the one that has positioned me, that he is the one that is standing beside me. Man, that's that's a game changer right there. What would change in your life if you no longer waited for others to approve of and support you before you started to like who you are and like the person that you're becoming? Because listen, each of us um, we're growing, right? Or at least we should be. None of us have have reached the state of perfe- perfection. No one, no one has. No one ever will. No one ever will, but we're working things out, right? That's that big $20 word, that big theological word called sanctification. And that's just a working out of your salvation. We're going from glory to glory. We're constantly coming up higher in our faith, reaching higher in our faith. And there's just a growth process, much like an infant. You know, there's stages in, in a child's growth and development. That is the same as it applies to my faith and your faith. There's a developing that takes place, and that is okay. That is okay. You can like who you are right now, and also like who you are becoming. Maybe you're filtering things through, I just feel like I have so much, so much to learn, so much to grow in. I have so much farther to go, and I I don't know, I just feel like I'm just worn out with the process, and I feel like I have so much farther to go. Listen, can I encourage you to, to flip that narrative in your mind and begin to look back over the course of your life and say, you know what? I may have some ways to go, just like everybody else, but you know what? I'm not where I once where I once was. I'm not where I started. I am moving along. I am making progress. Things are developing. Uh, I'm growing, and I'm I'm reaching higher in my faith. I may not be where I want to be yet, but by golly, I am on my way. And that is something for you to appreciate and to value and rejoice in. Like who you are today, on your way to becoming who God um, intended for you to be. You can do that. It's not a, I will like myself when I get over there. I will like myself and value myself and believe that I have worth and am lovable uh, when, when I reach that certain point. Man, listen, that is just setting yourself up for failure. That's setting yourself up for disappointment. That is setting yourself up to remaining stuck. Flip that narrative, my friend. Flip the narrative. Maybe there are some hard lines, you know, as it, as it comes um, to other people in your life. Maybe there's some hard lines that need to be drawn. And you need to maybe rethink what you're willing to tolerate in relationships. Who are you allowing to speak into your life? Who are you allowing direct contact to you? You know, who's who's up close and who's front in, um, you know, front and center in your life? Who's in your front row? Who are you listening to? What types of books are you reading? What type of podcasts are you listening to? You know, who are you seeking out wise counsel from? Maybe there's some hard lines that need to be drawn. And as you are making those hard lines, maybe you're going to have to be in a what I refer to as a, as a season of loneliness. And let me tell you, from someone that has been in a season, um, a couple of them actually, a season of loneliness, those are hard. Those are really hard. When you feel like, 
man, all I can hear is the crickets in the corner. <laughs> I don't really know if anybody's for me. I, I don't know. Nobody's really reaching out to me. Nobody's really speaking words of life and, and faith and truth over me. But you know what? God is there. God is standing next to me. He is for me and he is not against me. And I'm going to do what the psalmist said in the book of Psalms. David, who wrote the Psalms, uh, some of them, he didn't write all of them. But we see him encouraging himself in the Lord. When no one else was doing it, he was encouraging himself in the Lord. And when you're in those seasons of loneliness and you feel like, cowabunga, I think all I can hear is crickets in the corner, friend, Take responsibility for your faith and your well-being and encourage yourself in the Lord. You're worth it. You're worth it. Your life is worth it. Your faith is worth it. And you know what? God created you and me to be in community. He never designed us to live in isolation and to try to do life alone and live as an island unto ourselves. That's not his design. That's not his heart for you. But he wants you to have healthy community around you. And if you are willing, if you are willing to allow him to organically just allow relationships to, you know, just kind of ebb and flow in your life, Trust him that he will bring healthy people into your life because that's what he wants for you. He wants you to have healthy people around you. But sometimes there's some hard lines that need to be drawn. And we learn to ebb and flow with uh, those relationships sometimes. Trust him. Trust him. In my book, Her Heart is Free, the main characters in that book is is David, the, the young shepherd boy David, who would be anointed as king over the nation of Israel, and uh, Goliath. Uh, and his and his family are the, really the main characters of the book. I interweave other people in you know from the Bible and their stories into the book, but they're really the main characters. And if you're familiar with the the story of David, or maybe if you're not, I really encourage you to take a look at his story. It is really quite powerful. You can find it in First and Second Samuel. But David was a young shepherd boy. He was the youngest of several children and his father was Jesse when God called the the prophet uh, Samuel to anoint a new king over over the nation of Israel because remember Saul was the king but he was not doing a very good job and so God removed that title from him and wanted to anoint a new king and he you know he wanted to anoint David well David was this young shepherd boy who spent the majority of his days following sheep around on the backside of a mountain and you know he was he was young he was looked at as insignificant he often was overlooked and thought of as he's just a shepherd boy he's not you know really skilled in a whole lot he doesn't have a whole lot to offer but these brothers of his you know they stood a little bit taller in in people's eyes but the bible says and he's speaking of of David when he spoke to the prophet Samuel he said man looks at the outward appearance but i the lord look at the heart i the lord look at the heart and so when he sends the the prophet Samuel to Jesse's house to anoint the new king of Israel you know Jesse brings in all of all of his sons except for David David is left out in the field not even considered not even invited or included not even thought of as as a possibility you know but these other sons of mine surely the new king of Israel is standing before you, Prophet Samuel. One of these, one of these, they're skilled, they're, you know, a man's man, they, you know, stand head and shoulders above any other person, and, you know, one of these, one of these sons, well, he goes through all of these, all of David's brothers, uh, all of Jesse's other sons, and God keeps telling Samuel, nope, I haven't chosen him. Nope, not him either. 
no, in fact, I haven't chose any of these. And so, you know, at this point, <laughs> I if I was the prophet Samuel, I may be asking myself, am I even at the right house here? Because all of the sons are currently standing before me and God, you are telling me that none of these are it. So I don't know, maybe I, you know, got my, got my directions mixed up and I need to be across the street. <laughs> I don't know. But God says, God says to um, Samuel that there's another one, that there's another one that needs to be considered, that needs to be brought in, the one that I have chosen to be the king over the nation of Israel. And so, so the prophet Samuel says to Jesse, the dad, is there another child? Is there another son? And, you know, Jesse, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but Jesse says, oh yeah, I mean, there's David, I guess. Um, yeah, I do have another son, but I mean, it's David, (laughs) you know, I mean, that's really kind of the, the feeling that you get in this dialogue that is, you know, is taking place in scripture. And again, you can read it for yourself, but he goes and he calls David in and he shows up and the Lord speaks to the prophet Samuel. That is the man. That is the one that I have chosen to be the new king over the nation of Israel. I want you to anoint him and commission him to be the new king. He is the man that I have chosen. Here's the thing that I I point out in, in the book that I wrote. The day that David was called in from the field and anointed by the prophet Samuel to be the next king over the nation of Israel, had David been rejecting himself and filtering things through the pain of rejection that he had experienced from his own dad and from his brothers, he would have missed the greatest moment in his life. He would have said no when God said go. He would have said no when God said go. He would have remained stuck when God designed him and created him to be the king over the nation of Israel. He spent countless hours, day after day, night after night, in that field tending sheep, writing songs to the Lord, communicating with God. And those are many of the Psalms that you and I treasure and they're like balms to our soul, right? Well, while no one else was, was considering David and overlooking him and, you know, viewing him as insignificant and really not a whole lot to offer. Listen, God was preparing him for something that he had prepared for him. There was a lot going on out in that field. No one else could see it, but David was developing his relationship with the Lord. God was um, building something on the inside of him for this moment that he would be anointed. Man, can I just encourage you again to heal from whatever wounds that you might have in your heart, from things in your past, people that um, have said hurtful things to you, hurtful things that have been done to you, so that you don't filter your life through the wounds of your past. Rejection will keep you from showing up in your life the way that you want, and it will keep you from showing up in the way that God wants for you most of all, most of all. What is the world missing? What is the world missing out on because people have rejected you and you quite possibly are filtering through the wounds of the pain of rejection? Is the world missing out on something that that you have to offer the world? Because let me tell you, I don't know, maybe nobody is, has um, told you in a long time or maybe you've never been told ever in your life. But let me be someone that will just add value and speak life and truth over you right now at this moment. You are uh, carrying God-given potential. You are. You are. You were created with and for a purpose. You have gifts on the inside of you that this world needs. 
And whatever you bring to the table, whatever you bring to the world, it matters. It has a place in the world. It has a place at the table. It adds value to people. It's going to advance the kingdom of God in the world. It's going to bring glory to the Lord. Listen, it doesn't matter if nobody else sees that in you. Remember, David? It doesn't matter if no one else supports that in you. It doesn't matter if no one else encourages those things in you. It doesn't matter. God created you with and for a purpose, and you are a carrier of God-given potential. Focus on who is with you right now instead of those who have rejected you and not supported you. Focus on who's standing with you right now. And, you know, we established earlier, maybe it's nobody right now. Maybe you need to draw some hard lines in the sand. Give yourself permission to do that. Um, with God's help, of course, you know, we, we're not trying to uh, be rude and, and, you know, boot people out of our lives with the tip of our shoes. <laughs> That's not what we're doing here. Um, because remember that we are responsible to people. We're not responsible for people, but we're, we are responsible to them. And what I mean by that is we're responsible for, you know, how how we treat people. So in other words, I'm responsible to you in how I treat you, how I speak to you. But quite possibly, maybe there are some, you know, uh, relationship assessments that need to be, need to be taken. Uh, I've done a couple of episodes on that. You can scroll back and find those if you're interested in those. But, you know, maybe it's time for you to, rather than grieving their rejection of you, that you begin to be more concerned about having the wrong people with you in your winning season. Because listen, (laughs) it matters who's in your boat. (laughs) Friend, it matters who's in your boat. It matters. Because if you have people that are um, not rowing in the same direction as you, but they're rowing in the opposite direction, it's going to contribute to you being stuck. You want the right people around you. You want the right people around you. Can you begin to look at people that maybe have rejected you and walked out of your life because, you know, they think that maybe you, um, you know, just are a little off your rocker thinking that that God is uh, calling you out into something or that you want to pursue something that that God is leading you into that maybe uh, God wanted them wanted to remove them from your life because they can't be in your future. They're not going to be good for the the plans that God has for for your future. Maybe they were good for a season. Maybe they they were a, a part of your, you know, a part of your past, but they can't be a part of your future. <laughs> I have a whole chapter um, just uh, addressed, addressing relationships. It's actually after the chapter on rejection because it's really important that that we have the right people in our lives. And, and sometimes, you know, just because of, of life's changes and, and, you know, just other factors play into how we ebb and flow in relationships. It's just a part of life, and it's really important for us to mature mature and grow in that area. Can I ask you today, who's leading? Who's leading in your life? Is it the opinions of other people? Is it the pain of rejection? Let me tell you something. Let me let me just speak some life and, and just some truth over you. You were blessed before you met those people who rejected you. You were already blessed before you met those people who rejected you. God's favor and blessing was upon you. God's potential was on the inside of you. How he created you, how he designed you was upon you before those people even had a chance to reject you. What God has called you to, it's not dependent upon their approval of you or their support of you. It's not dependent upon them. It's fully and completely dependent upon your God because he's the one that has given it to you. He's the one that has given it to you. But if we if we keep giving that to other people, 
man, when they reject us and they don't support us, so then goes what we think in our minds, you know, the favor and the blessing and the potential and the calling when it was never given to us through them. (laughs) It wasn't given to us through them. It was given to us from God. Fear of being rejected is a stronghold, my friend. The fear of being rejected is a stronghold. You have been fearfully and wonderfully created. You have been. Not by other people, by God. Psalm 139. You have been fearfully and wonderfully created by the God of the heavens and the earth. By God. Yes, you you know, you came into the world by means of 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 labor and delivery from from the womb of a of a of a mother, a, a woman. Yes, a woman carried you in in her womb for nine months. Yes, but you know what? You were fearfully and wonderfully created and knit in your mother's womb by God. <laughs> by God. Psalm one thirty nine. It's not connected to your value, your worth, and you being fearfully and wonderfully created, your blessing, your favor, God's God's potential and, and his purpose and plans for your life and his love for you, his acceptance and approval of you is not connected to whether or not someone approves of you. It's not. It's just not. Nobody can take those things away from you because they're not the ones who gave it to you. Let me say that again. Nobody can take those things from you because friend, my friend, they're not the ones who gave it to you. They're not the ones who gave it to you. Can I encourage you today with God's help to know your worth, to know your value in him and stop giving discounts. Stop giving discounts. Because those things, they're not up for negotiation. You don't have to debate with people over those things. You don't have to try to convince them of your value and your worth. You don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to go around and try to prove yourself. God has never once told us that we need to go around and prove ourselves to people. He just didn't. (laughs) He didn't. And you know what? We don't see Jesus doing that in the Bible. I told you earlier on when you tuned into this episode that I was going to take you to the Bible and um, really give you a biblical basis to what we're talking about here. We do not see Jesus. We do not see Jesus going around and proving himself to people in order for them to believe in him and accept him and approve of him. He just didn't. He didn't. We see. We see different times. We see different times Jesus being rejected by people, you know, in, in, in his earthly ministry. And his earthly ministry is found in the Gospels, the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are accounts of, of his earthly ministry. And he experienced rejection. He experienced rejection in Matthew's gospel, chapter 13, verses 53 through 58 is is one of those examples. You know, he experienced rejection. Um, You know, he he enters the city, he goes into the synagogue and he's teaching and, you know, and people are are amazed and, and, you know, kind of in awe of this, this man that is, you know, just speaking so powerfully. And while that teaching is, is, is just so, is just so powerful, who is this man? And they respond, they're kind of have this conversation, you know, in, in earshot of Jesus. And they said, who is this man? Oh, he's just a, he's just the carpenter's son. He's just a carpenter's son. Well, what are they saying? That's just Jesus. That's just Jesus. You know, he's just one of us. He's just everyday, ordinary 
folk just like just like you just like me nothing nothing great about him he experienced rejection jesus said in the gospels that that a prophet is not without honor in his in his own country and you know he comes into his own his and his own received him not listen when i go back home oftentimes you know what people look at me as as just susan living on garfield you know a hot mess going nowhere fast that's who I am. That's who I am. And I can't do anything to change that. I can't try to convince them that I'm changed. I can't try to convince them that I've grown and, and, and that I'm not who I once was when I lived there. I can't. Um, you know, God hasn't given me the responsibility, hasn't tasked me to have to try to convince them and prove myself um, in order for them to accept me and approve of me and see that I have value and I have worth. And let me tell you something, when you and I reach that place where we stop striving to try to convince people and prove ourselves to people, listen, that is some weight taken off of our shoulders. It's not, it's not up to us. God has not tasked us with that responsibility. In Christ, in Christ, we can live beyond our feelings and our experiences. With his help, with his help, we can live beyond our feelings and our experiences. Because here's the thing. You and I, we can rise from the pain of rejection because Jesus first did. <laughs> Isn't that incredible? He he experienced the pain of rejection, but he overcame it. And because he did, that means you and I can. We overcome because he first did. Because he first did. And he shows us how to do it. Listen, if you've never known the pain of rejection, you'll never deeply appreciate God's acceptance. Let me say that again. If you've never known the pain of rejection, you'll never deeply appreciate God's acceptance. Isn't that powerful? That's taking what the enemy meant to destroy you and hold you back and saying, you know what, devil, in your face. Because I I have experienced the pain of rejection, Oh, I deeply appreciate the acceptance of God. Hallelujah. Come on, friend. Come on, friend. Rejection is what pushed me to Jesus. I allowed the pain of rejection to push me to Jesus, to learn my identity in him, to begin to allow my thoughts and how I viewed myself and my life and my future through his truth, through his truth. He said in John eight thirty two, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Well, who is the truth? What is the truth? Jesus Christ is. He referred to himself in the Gospel of John, one of the seven I am statements, declarations that he made of himself. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the truth. He is the truth. Pain pushed me into prayer. And prayer, my friend, is what makes you and me powerful. Prayer changes things. Rejection is one of the ways the Lord used to set me free from insecurity. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that powerful? Because listen, this is what God does. He takes what the enemy meant um, as a way to destroy us, a weapon to destroy us and hold us back and keep us bound. God takes it and creates something powerful and creates a message out of it. And this is my message. This is my message in this episode. That rejection, the pain of rejection, is one of the ways that the Lord used to set me free from insecurity. <laughs> and his truth and his acceptance and his, uh, his voice in my life, it trumps everybody else's opinion of me. It trumps labels that have been placed upon me. It trumps 
whether or not other people support me um, in ministry, think I should be doing what I'm doing, support the message that I'm carrying, it trumps all of that. It trumps all of it. It trumps all of it. And so let me ask you again, who's doing the leading in your life? Who's doing the leading in your life? You can live as a woman with a free heart and rise healed and whole in every area of your life. I hope that this encouraged you today. I hope that it added value to your life. I hope that that everything that God wanted to reach you with, all of the truth that he wanted you to hear and receive is exactly what you are walking away with today. Um, you can find my book if you're interested in that. You can find it on Amazon. You can find it on Barnes & Noble, those websites. You can find it on my personal website, um, which, just a shameless plug, when you um, purchase resources through my website, it actually supports the message and ministry of She Rises and helps me to take that message farther. Uh, so I appreciate your support that way. But either way, I don't care. It doesn't matter. Uh, you know, you can find those resources in, um, in those three different methods. So be encouraged today. Uh, I love you. I believe in you. I'm believing for you. And God has great things for you. He created you to live with a free heart, with a heart that is healed and whole in every way. Take care, stay well, and I will catch you next time. Well, I hope that that was a blessing in your life. I'd love to hear what you walked away with from this week's episode. Drop a comment and let me know. I read and respond to each and every one of them and I would love to hear from you. We all know people who could use some encouragement, especially nowadays, right? If you felt this episode was a blessing to you, would you share it with the people in your life? Don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode because a new one drops each and every Wednesday. And would you be willing to leave a review and maybe even a few stars? It not only fills my heart and means so much to me, but it helps women find the podcast and be encouraged too. Have a fabulous week and I will connect with you right back here next week.